Warren Buffett once said, the more you learn, the more you earn. Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest humans on the planet, is famous for reading more than five hours every day. Bill Gates reads one book per week. Mark Cuban, three hours a day. Oprah, well, she's just obsessed with books. Notice the common theme here? Successful people never stop learning. You're trying to get your freedom. You're trying to learn how to read. You're trying to escape. Uh-uh. It's Saturday and it's 8 a.m., folks. It's that time. Time for the 8 a.m. Blog Talk Book Club. Let's go, folks. It's time to stimulate the mind. Time to hear thought-provoking words. When we read, your imagination improves. You become smarter. It reduces the stress. Yes, that's right. It reduces the stress. Let's go, folks. Good morning. Turn the volume up in my headset. <laughs> so what they say? What they say? Can I get a little more volume in my headphones? <laughs> Bring it down just a little bit. All right. So, <laughs> good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our 8 a.m. book club call. We do this call every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Central, and 5 a.m. Pacific. And on this time, not specific, but Pacific. <laughs> Man, it's six it's six AM specific. <laughs> really? Where is that? I, I heard some of your folks say that now, man. He, he on the specific coast. <laughs> Alright. I had a little little coffee this morning, folks, so uh <laughs> so uh we, where was I? Okay, so we do this call every Saturday morning. At 8 a.m. Eastern, and um, we talk about a particular book. We call it the Book of the Moment, uh, and that phrase was well. We started using that phrase, man, like 10 years ago, I guess, maybe seven, eight. We used to call it the Book Club. I mean, Book of the Month. And then uh, we stopped reading the book every month and start, you know, extending out the book because I, I felt like a lot of people wouldn't get to the book because we always, you know, we always had some excuses. You didn't give me the book too late. I had to order it. Everybody want to order it online, and then it'd take a week or two to get there. And, you know, you got Amazon now, so it's a little bit more. So we started going, saying, look, look we're going to do the book of the moment, and we're just going to read the book till we finish reading it. And I'm still having a little challenge with that because I think, some of y'all just now just take your time and put it down and don't really get to it. Maybe you do need a deadline and say, okay, these 30 days, uh, let's go and finish it. Um, but we hadn't changed that yet. So this is the book, of the, the book of the moment. And the book of the moment is Outwitting the Devil by Mr. Napoleon Hill, the late, great Napoleon Hill um, and Sharon Lecter. And it's the secret to uh, freedom and, and success. Now, I always emphasize when we're talking about that book, so, you know, so you have, you know, when you, hey, the choice is yours. Did he really talk to the devil or is it a parable, you know, created to kind of touch your heart? Or, you know, is it an imaginary conversation he's having? But a lot of you all always claim you're talking to the devil anyway, so why can't he talk to the devil? You know what I'm saying? Because every time I, man, get behind me. I'm like, wait, you talking to the devil all the time? Yeah. Well, he could be. I don't know. But. Here's the thing, the information is so powerful. Uh, don't, you know, judge the book 
on that, you know, whether he is or not. You know, like I said, could be imaginary conversation he had, or yeah, actually could have could have been doing it. But to me, that's not the big thing. The big thing is that the answers uh, and, the, and the conversation is so profound to me. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, a lot of these things I was already thinking, and uh, sometimes you can't say certain things around certain people because they so locked in and programmed. And I think that's one of the things they didn't uh, print this book or put the book out until, like, you know, I think the book was actually written in 1940 or something. But the climate at that time was really too, you know, <laughs> it was it was impossible to put out a book like that, like this. I'm sorry, not like that, like this. So, but they decided to put, they decided to put it out now after uh, Mr. Hill is dead and gone, and you know, in his resting place. So, uh, but again, I think the information is powerful. This is actually our third time I want to say reading this book, or it might be my third time, might be the second time on the book club. Can't really remember, but. Um, so let's get to it. But look, the replay number is seven one two four three two ten eighty five, seven one two four three two ten eighty five, and the same pin code seven eight three three five seven pound. When the call is over, the replay starts within about two or three minutes, and this replay will be up until Monday morning at eight o'clock Eastern, and uh, because that's when we finish our um, mindset call that we do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So. Now, you also can go to one of the podcast platforms. Uh, we own about 16 of them. Um, let me emphasize again, because everybody always says it's a pod. No, it's not a podcast. Podcast is, you know, they got the big, beautiful microphones and everything sounds good, and a lot of times they interviewing different people and, you know, talking about different topics, which we're going to eventually do some of that too, and, We'll change our microphones. We'll do all that. But now, right now, this is a book club conference call that's actually loaded on the podcast platform. And the reason I did that, easy access. So you guys can go to that anytime, 24-7, and grab it, listen to the replay. And another thing, you can share it. That's one of the biggest things. I've had contacts from people during the week where you all are actually sharing it. And I guess the only reason that they could contact me was because, you know, I put my my cell phone number right here. And so people are saying they're listening to it and they get some good information. Somebody shared it with them. And I'm telling you, this is this information is generic. It's not, you know, I always say this is not a company call, or a corporate call, or a team call. It's just a, a book club call. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, this book can help a lot of people. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It also can... Um, what's the word I want to use? It can also, well, it would also be shocking to a lot of people, and it might be uh, challenging for you because if you are locked into the things that you were taught and the things that you believed at an early age, you know, you know, we we got programmed at an early age, so we never really had time to, to we didn't have time to question anything because you know the the uh, experts said it. The mind is programmed and is fertile from the womb to age seven. So everything that we heard was sucked in, kind of like, you know, when you put water on dry soil, it just sucks it right on in. And we believe everything, so we don't question. And then if we did, you remember growing up as a kid, you know, you don't question, you don't question adults now. <laughs> you know, keep your mouth shut. And, you know, and some other words that they used to use. So, 
So we haven't, we didn't get a chance to really even uh, question the things that we were learning. So, uh, so that's why this could be challenging to you. Also, you almost have to have a thought process of something is not right or some things I don't believe. So then, when you hear this, you can get it. You know what I'm saying? You got to like, you got to bring something to the table of that thought process, like I had years back when I knew that. Um, if something wasn't right with what I was just just in on my job and things of that sort, there's got to be something. Got to be something more than this. It's got to be. And and so, I was open and I brought when I came to the table, my thought process was different. So that's what happened. All right, uh, but you know, you can go to Apple, iTunes, uh, Breaker, sixteen different ones, and just put in Tony Fleming and mindset, and every one of those calls and this book club call will come up. And if you don't want to do that or you can't do that or you don't have the app on your phone, whatever, just send me a text at 678-644-4541. Mike Jones. And, uh, <laughs> was Mike Jones the first one to actually put his real number out there? I think, I think Mike Jones was the first one to actually put his, his real phone number out there. But it's my real number, six seven eight six hey, his coffee a little strong this morning. Six seven eight six four 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 five four one. And uh send me a text and I will actually send you the link and you can load it on your phone. You I mean it'll be in your message. Uh, and then you can just go back at any time, click on it. You can click on all hundred and five that's out there and you can also share it with people if you want to. All right, and I suggest you do that or I ask you to do that if it if it helps you. If it helps you share it with some people. All right, so we're going to start, and, and we'll probably be wrapping up the book uh, next Saturday. So, and I'll announce the new book that we're going to have. I put it on a plugged-in section. I probably I put it on my Facebook page and, and Instagram. And uh, uh, so we'll be starting on that one, not next Saturday, but the Saturday after that. So, all right. So I'm going to start today on page 202, where he's kind of, you know, he's getting to some of the stuff. Well, the whole book was some of the stuff I like, but this is really some of the stuff I like. <laughs> but I said that last week too, the, the week before, because everything in this book I like, how the answers are coming out, the questions that are being asked. So he says, he's talking to the devil. He says, is failure ever a benefit to man? And uh, so the devil responds, yes. Indeed, learning from adversity is a third of the seven principles. Third of the seven principles. But few people know that every adversity brings with it the seed of equivalent advantage. Every adversity brings with it the seed of equivalent advantage. Still, fewer people know the difference between temporary defeat and failure. If this knowledge was generally known, I would be deprived of one of my strongest weapons of control over human beings. Now, few people know the difference between temporary defeat and failure. You see that in anything you do. And that's a low self-esteem issue, too, because when we have temporary defeat, well, let me say this. No, that's a fixed mindset issue. You know, you got the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. It's not a, it's, it's self-esteem too, but it's mainly a fixed mindset. And a fixed mindset means that whatever, whatever you, whatever you come to this earth with, and whatever happens to you the most probably is what you think is going to continue to happen. You see, so, you know, if somebody tells you 
um, you know, 20 times that, no, I will not do your business, or no, I will not help you out, uh, or no, I will not, uh, whatever. The fixed mindset says, and that's, that's temporary defeat, he calls it here. And um, the fixed mindset says um, it's failure altogether. And it's not. The growth mindset says it's temporary. But most people have a fix. And they say, you know, if I talk to 20, then uh, the next 20 going to say the same thing that the first 20 said. And that's not true. The growth mindset says, okay, that's temporary defeat. The next 20 I talk to, they're going to say something different. Or, you know, some of them will say something different. But the fixed mindset said, no. But, it, you know, what's amazing about that? Uh, well, you know what? I don't know if that's true or not. I, I mean, I don't know if it's true or not what I'm about to say. I was about to say this is true, but it might not be. Uh, it's amazing how, you know, I remember uh, back in the day. <laughs> you remember you go to parties? I guess some of y'all are still doing this. Um, and you would go and you would, you know, walk all the way across the dance floor and ask, ask somebody to dance with you, a female to dance with you. <laughs> and he said, nah, I ain't doing that. And then you go back and you walk all back across again or you go to the side or wherever they are. And it's almost like, you know, dudes would, you know, talk to 10 before they got a dance. Now, I went in that category, you know, so my, you know, I didn't. <laughs> The rejection went in my, you know, <laughs> it was like, what took you so long? No, <laughs> but guys would just, you know, you, you don't have no problem with that. You didn't think that because you had a goal and, a, and, and you had a mission. So you'll go, you'll go find somebody, you know, so you didn't, you didn't have that problem. But like in business and other things, you know, we have this issue that we can't keep, um, being rejected, and I'm going to tell you that that that's uh, failure and rejection is a part. I mean, temporary defeat and the rejection is a part of of life. The person who can get through all of that, because you know, if you start a let's just say you start a business, and um, especially a, a, a home based business, because that's that goes against the grain of everything that's been taught in this world. You know, everything that you grew up hearing, you didn't hear. In college, I'm, I'm going to go out and get a home-based business. So it goes against the grain. So that means that every time you mention that to somebody, they're going to reject you. And so if you don't have a growth mindset to understand that it's, it's a numbers game that you got to go. Because think about it. I said this to somebody the other day. If I mention something to somebody or to a lot of people and they all say yes, I should be afraid. I should be scared about that. I should, I should like, wait a minute. Because I know Walt Disney used to say that all the time. He said he'd come up with an idea, and he would he would ask 10 people. And if 10 people said, oh, it's great. No, he said if one person out of that 10 said that's a great idea, he would change it. He would change it because he said, you know, the average person don't understand what a great idea is if you, if you knocked them in the head with it. He wanted everybody to say, oh, that's a mess. Everybody say that's some crap. Everybody say uh, a mouse. You gonna create a theme park based on a mouse? Man, you lost your mind. <laughs> hey man, you, you, did you did you hear what Walt talk about over there? <laughs> Walt talk about a mouse in a theme park. He on something, man. <laughs> 
I know you are. <laughs> Say that out there. You you must be on something. You, uh, he on something, man. You know, that's what people say. So when you come with ideas and you're doing different things, you're supposed to be rejected. you got to get laughed at. you got to get talked about because that's just what happens. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody has had any success in life with any kind of project or any kind of, uh, of anything where people didn't reject you. You, you, hear stuff, you hear stories about book writers, authors, musicians, and they go into label after label, book writers are going to publishers after publishers, and they all laugh and saying that, you know, this is ridiculous. This book would not sell. Uh, or you can't sing. You can't rap. You can't. It's ridiculous. You know, Jay-Z said they started their own company because everybody turned them down. Everybody turned them down. So he said we were just smart enough not to quit and figure out a way. So you're going to have that, but see, the devil says this. He he understands that, that that's one of his biggest weapons, is that the average person take temporary defeat and make it a failure, and it's not. you got to go through those things just to win in life. you got to keep going because, I mean, think of, if everybody just accepted everything you did, it wouldn't be – you wouldn't have uh, separation, and you got to have separation when it comes to business and life and having a lot of success you know, you, you know. I think the, the saying says if the, you know, wherever the mass is going, go to opposite. Something like that. Wherever they going, go to opposite. Because the masses are being programmed and directed. You know, we all are. We all are. We just, you know, in a minute, y'all going. If you don't have it on right now, you're gonna have the TV on on your favorite program. You need to watch my television program because you get programmed. <laughs> so. Failure is a part of it, and the devil says that's that's one of my biggest weapons because people don't understand it's temporary defeat, and you just got to keep going and keep going. And you know, I tell people every day in, in your business, you know, you got to be you got to make those calls and, and do those samples of whatever you're doing in business on a regular basis. All right, so now here's another question. He says, so, but I understand you say that failure is one of your greatest allies. I got the impression from your he rapping now. He rhyming over here. I got the impression from your confession that failure causes people to lose ambition and quit trying. And then you take them over without opposition on their part. That's what, that's what we just talked about. He got the impression from the, from the confession that you're going to lose your ambition. Soon as somebody says no to you, soon as somebody laughs at you, soon as somebody talks about you, and you're not having the success you want. I had a partner of mine told me that he uh, his neighbors used to always say, you know, um, when he was he started in a home based business, so he was out late at night, you know, doing meetings and stuff like that. His neighbors would say, "You leaving your boys at home?" He had, I think his I think his kids were in the eighth or ninth grade or something like that. So they didn't look at him as out trying to change his life financially to help the boys. They looked at him as, you know, chasing money. That's what you know. That's what he said. They said, you know, yeah, chasing money. And so, you know, you're going to get those kind of conversations from people who have been programmed to do certain things a certain way, and that's most of the world. So you're going to get those, those that kind of conversation, and you got to deal with it because uh, it's just a part of life. You got to go through that opposition. Again, if everybody agreed with you, this it would be something wrong with this. But again, he says. 
that's my biggest one of my biggest weapons is people just gonna take this temporary defeat as a total failure. He says, so that is just the point. He said, I'll take them over after they quit trying. If they knew the difference between temporary defeat and failure, they would not quit when they meet with opposition from life. If they knew that every form of defeat and all failures bring with them the seed of unborn opportunity, they would keep on fighting and win. Success usually is but one short step beyond the point where one quits fighting. You know how they say you put the shovel down right before you get to the goal? Success is right there. You know, at a young age, when I first got out of school, I was doing stuff to get uh, experience uh, because, you know, I told you I went to the Atlanta Journal newspaper to do advertising sales, and they said I didn't have experience. So I started doing things uh, on commission just to get experience, you know, to sell. And, and I would see, man, you know, <laughs> You come back to the sales office and all the salespeople quit. You know, it might be 10 that's there and you come back and it's two, you and somebody else. <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, and I think about it now, that was almost, I don't, I didn't look at it as fun days, but I guess it was fun days because I was learning and I was, it was just amazing to me how people would just take defeat that just like that and be done with it. I never looked at it like that. I mean, I looked at it as, you know, challenging. I looked at it, but I just, I'm like, everybody quit. He's like, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they, they weren't getting the salary, so it was straight commission, which was a larger chunk of commission. But I just didn't, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, here I go. I'm a, if I find somebody else, I don't find somebody else. Somebody's out here. But that's the, the mindset of most people is the temporary defeat is going to be there forever. And that's a fixed mindset. And that's why you see people uh, that you think are sharp, that you think are intelligent. You think that because they have a college degree or a master's degree, or you think that they really, really got it going on. Well, they look like they have it going on. They look from the outside, dressed, nice, nice car. But when they get a temporary defeat and somebody, you know, says something about them or talks about them, you know, they disappear and they're gone. And you can't, you know, that's just, that's what happens. That's why it's so small, smaller percentage in life that wins in anything because you get caught in that fixed mindset and that, you know, lower self-esteem. So he says here, he's talking, he's talk, still talking to the devil. He says, is, is that all one might learn from adversity, defeat, and failure? He said, no. He says, that is the least of what one might learn. I hate to tell you this, but failure often serves as a blessing in disguise because it breaks the grip of hypnotic rhythm and frees the mind for a fresh start. He says, so now we're getting somewhere. This is what Napoleon Hill is saying. Now we're getting somewhere. So you have confessed at long last that even nature's law of hypnotic rhythm can be and often is a known by nature itself. Is that correct? He says, no, that is, that is not stating the matter correctly. Nature never reverses any of her natural laws. Nature does not take away a human being's freedom of thought through hypnotic rhythm. The individual gives up his freedom by the abuse of this law. If a man jumped from a tree and was killed by a sudden impact of his body with the earth through the law of gravity, you wouldn't say nature murdered him, would you? No. You would say the man neglected to relate himself properly to the law of gravity. Yeah. You jump out of a tree. You kill yourself. That Nature didn't do that. You did it. 
So he says, I'm beginning to see the law of hypnotic rhythm is capable of both negative and positive application. It may drag you one may may drag one down to slavery through the loss of privilege of freedom of thought, or it may help one rise to great heights of achievement through the free use of thought, depending on how the individual relates himself to the law. Is that correct? He says, now you have it right. So then Napoleon Hill says, but but what about failure? One does not fail intentionally with purpose forethought. No, no one encourages temporary defeat. There are circumstances over which the individual often has no control whatsoever. How then can it be said that nature does not take away one's freedom of thought when failure destroys ambition? willpower and self-confidence essential to make a fresh start so the devil answers failure is a man-made circumstance it's never real until it has been accepted by man as permanent starting i mean stating in another way failure is a state of mind therefore it is something an individual can control until he neglects to exercise his privilege nature does not force people to fail but nature does impose her law of hypnotic rhythm upon all minds through the law gives uh, permanency to the thoughts which dominate those minds. So what he's saying is if you fail and you accept that and you start letting that just permeate, I mean, it's just, it's just in your mind permanently and you're thinking about it all the time, of course. And that's what happens. We just, we let, we let failure or temporary defeat, we let little that and we magnify it to the end instead of just keep going. And that's why I always say this is, this is, you know, my whole thing, you know what I'm saying, my, everything that I talk about is this, is that you have to keep feeding your mind in some form or fashion stuff that's going to kill your doubts. You can't dodge it, and that's what people do. We play dodgeball with, with, with our problems. We play dodgeball with negativity. And dodgeball means, you know, instead of dealing with the problems or try to work on the problems, We'll dodge the problems and go turn on the TV. We'll dodge the problems and go watch something that has nothing to do. Now, again, I'm not telling you all to not have entertainment in your life, because I do. Everybody has that. But that's not what a lot of people take entertainment to a whole other level, playing dodgeball to the problem. See, if you got a problem of, um, I don't know, not having success in your business and you're not getting the kind of numbers that you need from people, you can't dodge that by running to uh, and just keep watching Netflix or just keep watching, uh, you know, all the games on television, just keep watching, you know, and, and see, because when you wake up from that, that coma that you're in from watching, you know, binge watching everything, and you, you wake up from that coma, those problems are still there. They're not going anywhere. So you're playing dodgeball to your problems, and they're not going anywhere. You know, that's why people keep playing dodgeball over and over because what happens is you dodge it for a while, then you wake up and you realize they're still there. Then you go dodge it some more, then you wake up, they're still there, then you go dodge. So next thing you know, you're on this binge of of um, TV, drugs, sex, um, you know, whatever it takes to keep dodging your problems, and they're not going anywhere. They're sitting there. They're not going to go anywhere. And that's what we think. So my whole thing has always been, what are you going to fall back on when you start having challenges? So when you get negative and the, and the doubts start coming in your mind, in which we all have, what are you going to fall back on? You've got to fall back on something that's going to kind of keep you in line with what you're doing. 
Because I know you're going to fall back. Nobody's going to be a beast like that, just continually just keep getting punished. You're going to run away from that punishment. But what are you going to run to? And that's the thing I always talk about. Run to a book. Run to an audio. Run to a uh, video. Run to something. You got all this free stuff on YouTube now. You got everything out there that we used to pay, you know, thousands of dollars for. You can go there now. Instead of running to uh, something that's going to, you know, dodge the problem for a while, but it's not going to help it. See, if you go, if you fall back on something that's going to keep programming your thoughts, keep programming your mind, it's going to take the the doubt and fear away as you keep feeding your mind. Then you have answers to your problems that's going to help you. But if we're going to always fall back to something that's going to keep our mind off of it, which that's what people do, and then you have to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, and now you're way off track, and you let those issues control you. And uh, and then, you know, when you wake up, they're still sitting there. You know, problems ain't going nowhere. They don't just disappear. They don't just, uh, as, your, as your president said, wake up and it's going to be gone. They just you wake up one day and it's poof, that that problem, <laughs> all the virus, it's just going to be gone. You, just, you know, problems just don't be gone like that. They don't, <laughs> he said, it's just going to happen. Wake up in the morning and step outside. Oh, it's gone. Uh-uh. Your problems are there. <laughs> we used to say, you can leave them in the car if you want to. When you go, when you come into a meeting, we used to ask you to do that all the time. Leave your problems in the car. Please do not bring your problems in this meeting. And I promise you, while you're in the meeting, if somebody steals your car and they're going to get halfway down the street and they're going to hit them problems in the back seat, they're going to stop, take them problems out, and sit them right there on the curb and keep going. So your problems won't be too far away from you. I promise you. If, they get, if you leave in the car and somebody steals the car, you can just kind of walk down the street where they would drive, and you'll see your problems. You might not see your car, but they're they not going to keep them problems in there. They're going to take them out. So, so they're not going to just go away like that. You got to be constantly working on it and thinking about the things that you're going to do to to advance, so that so that you know you can win in life. He said. Because it's a man-made circumstance, he's saying. We, you know, we create it in our mind, and we keep, you know, double down. We, we'll double down on those thoughts all the time instead of doing something positive. And it just so he says. In other words, failure thoughts are taken over by the law of hypnotic rhythm, and made permanent if the individual accepts any circumstances as being permanent failure. That same law just as rarely takes over and makes permanent thoughts of success. See, failure is a state of mind, therefore it is something an individual can control until he neglects to exercise his privilege. And that's where, that's why I say that's where we go wrong. Instead of, you know, doing affirmations and, and listening to things that, are, that, that will help you kill that doubt, we run to something else. And that, that something else doesn't help with the problem. It just kind of covers the problem up for a minute, and then you have to do it again and again and again, and you keep covering the problem up, and nothing is really happening. It's like you're not getting to the root of the problem. You're just kind of putting a Band-Aid on it. So this is the last thing we'll read here. He says, can this be true? Has Hill convinced you that failure is a man-made circumstance? I believe he makes a compelling case. If I look closely at my life, 
my own successes and failures in business, mistakes and missteps. Can I claim that anyone is responsible other than myself? Will a person personal inventory of your life yield different results? Heal has helped me place a different value on failure than I did in the past. Now, what leaders do in the successful people in business, that, that one statement there, he said, can I claim anyone else is responsible than myself? Leaders, make, they, they make that plain. They understand that if it's going to be, it's up to me. They understand that any problem, any situation, of course, could be caused by a lot of other people, but I have to handle that, and I have to understand that, you know, it's some things that I did to help cause that problem, and guess what? I'm going to have to be the one that's trying to help fix it now. You know, if it's a, you know, like if it's a problem at, like my uncle used to always, if anybody in the family family was sick, he would come to the hospital. He had a Ph.D. He wasn't a doctor. <laughs> He's a doctor, you know, of education, but he wasn't a medical doctor. But he would step up in that hospital like he was. <laughs> He come, he coming in there, some problems in the hospital, and he coming in there to take care of him, baby. You better watch out, Doc Cameron coming up in here, and he going to clear the house out. Where's the doctor? Let me talk with him. <laughs> now, a lot of those situations was caused by him or the family because didn't do enough research, didn't follow through on who you were dealing with, didn't know all the ins and outs of the hospital, all that, those kind of things that we didn't do, that it was, you know, but we felt like the hospital fault was, you know, could have been, you know, and it might have been. But guess what? Our, what we found out, and I don't know if he still hadn't figured this out yet <laughs> to this day, arguing with a, a major hospital about issues, you really bargain up the wrong tree. You don't have enough money to to even compete with that. So you got to kind of make, you got to kind of, you know, you feel good, you know, going off on the doctor, going off on the, you know, the nurse or whatever, but it didn't help the situation a lot. You just made yourself feel good. Matter of fact, it made it worse. Instead of looking at, okay, what can we do? Anything, anything the person has. Now, you can get upset and get mad about it, but then you have to stop and say, okay, what can I do? What did I do? How can I help this situation? And let's move on from this and keep going because if not, if you will drive you insane trying to trying to get somebody else to correct something that you feel they did and you can't control them on doing it. It'll drive you insane. It really would. It just, you know. I mean, he... <laughs> Hope ain't no family member on here. Y'all don't share this recording. <laughs> I remember one time, I'm going to leave with this story here. One time. Yeah, don't don't tell anybody. But we were driving from um, from Birmingham to Jackson, Mississippi, you know, because uh, he lives there. He's a, he was a professor at Jackson State University. I'm just putting everything out here now. And we we stopped at one of the little small towns to get gas. And it was me, him, and a few more people in the car, my mom and my dad. It was him. It was, it was us. And he didn't come out for a minute. So I went in there to see what was going on. He in there debating with the cash register over a penny. A penny. You hear me? A penny. And it was going on for about 10, 15 minutes. I like, I pulled a penny out of the game. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not this, not this, it's not it. It's the, it's the situation. It's the, 
15 minutes. Do you hear me? And I'm <laughs> 15 minutes over a penny. No, no, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna accept this. Man, come on, let's go. And I'm telling you, in life, that's what we got to understand, that some situ- all the situations got to deal with us. Let's keep it moving, man. Don't, don't, don't get caught up in that, all right? I'm st- <laughs> Let me stop with that, because I think some of y'all going to find out my uncle sent him this. <sighs> don't do that. All right, so I appreciate you guys today. That's it. We're going to uh, wrap this book up next week. And uh, go back and listen to the replay. You know, I, I did say some good stuff in here from the book. I might have. Had a little bit too much coffee this morning, but I did say some good stuff from the book. So, all right, so let's talk about, or let's do what y'all really on here for. I know it's Saturday morning, and so I always do the the uh, the Subway sandwich special. <laughs> y'all don't have to go to Subway. You can go anywhere. I just, you know, I came up with that. Somebody going to tell me that, hey, you must be, what do you say, you must be in the, somewhere else because up here, uh, you can't tell me you can't go in the subway, get a sandwich and chips and a drink for $10. I don't care where you are. Maybe in California, maybe not. Maybe not in California, but it ain't in Virginia like that. You can go in somewhere in Virginia, get a subway sandwich, bag of chips, and a soda for $10. <laughs> so don't be sending me those texts talking about that. So. This is Subway special. Now, you can take your $10 and go to McDonald's if you want to. I don't care. I'm just giving out $10 <laughs> on cash app. This person here, you just can't. <laughs> you just can't win with this person. This person here. <laughs> don't have me Google it now because you, 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 you Google everything. So don't have me Google it to prove it to you. So, all right. Ten dollars. You gotta name the song. You gotta name the artist of the song, and then I'm gonna cash out. You the ten dollars. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Okay, here we go. Mark, are you on here, man? If you on here, Mark, somebody gonna be upset. They gonna like Mark gonna take all the money. So I'm not gonna do any hip hop. Then I'm not gonna do that right now. Let's see. I do. This should be simple for some people. All right. Here we go. The blackness. Keep the keep on. McGriff, you're getting everything. And whoever texts me is not the blackness, it's the sound of blackness. <laughs> and the name of the song is Optimistic. <laughs>
example, if you listen to it, I mean, has to do with temporary defeat, though. You know what I'm saying? So, but, all right, so do another $10 right quick. <laughs> Staying away from this hip-hop thing. No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do all, this song here, you got to kind of be from Houston, maybe, or Memphis, or Memphis, from Memphis or Houston, I think. But I used to, this, this was my song back in the day here. Love it, man. 25 lighters on my dresser, yes, sir. I got to get paid. We got 25 lighters on the dresser, yes, sir. Got to get paid. I got 25 lighters for my 25 fold. About to break the mic, didn't break 25 fold. About to rip the track with my 25 fold. And I'm dipping like a Mac with my 25 25.5 carry diamonds in my brain. 25.12 in the trunk got the bang. Make moves to make a quick 25 mil. Come up so I can knock off big 99 for real. Got to take me by 25 yellow bones home. Doing bad to make them 25 phones home. Call daddy, tell him 25 got the gold. Damn, beat him, put it down. 25 out the door. Hitting the highway, doing 25 shows. 25 limos, slamming 25 doughs. Representing for those holding. I'm a wreck and rip 25 crews with 25 lighters on my dresser. Yes, sir. I got to get paid. We got 25 lighters on the dresser. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got to get paid. So I guess we're not about from Houston. <laughs> Hey, Royce, you were close, man. You got the name of the song, but it ain't eight ball and MJG. <laughs> I'll get another 10 seconds, Royce. Another day, another dollar, another case to get I take my time and realize that this game is real I got my mind on form, but I'm swinging ball for grill got- All right, y'all don't know Okay <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you Okay Here we go Is that who you think that is? <laughs> I used to think about immature things. You know, like, do you love me? Do you want me? Are you going to call me like you said you would? Is this really <laughs> your real phone number? I just told y'all that ain't who y'all think it is. <laughs> Get money. New Jackson, Luther Vandross, you know, Ashley Brothers, 
Okay. <laughs> you too late, Kim, but I'll give it to you. Kim, Kim just, i give it to you. i give it to She said, Rich Boy, throw some D's on it. Okay. I'm not going to comment on that, but I'll give it to you, Kim. <laughs> All right. Let's do the last one here because, yeah, obviously, uh, y'all want some, like, Okay, I give you <laughs> I give you a simple one here right here. <laughs> What's up? Fresh is our turn, baby. Straight to the mall and tell down the inside. Proud of Gucci, full link leather, leather, urban cooler, Gucci sweater. Twenty inches pop my feathers. A bird man, dead. I fly in any weather. Alligator seat with a head in the inside. Flying on the dash, G wagon so fly. Number one, don't tangle and twist it when it comes to these cars. I am that. The Gucci with the matching interior. Three wheel ride with the tie in the middle. It's fresh and stunner, and we like brothers. We shine like paint, daddy. It's our summer. Gator boots with a pimped out Gucci suit. That's y'all right there. <laughs> you close, kid, but you didn't get it, so. That's uh that's uh, uh the big timers. So that was that was that was the big timer, that was Manny Fresh and uh Birdman. You said stay fly, but it's still fly. So So what I give out twenty dollars, that's it. Let's see what Barbara won and Ken won, that's it. Alright, I'm gonna give you one more there so I can get thirty dollars out there. Let's see, one more. I'm going to just let this one play out. Let's see. All right. Here's an easy one. Convict. 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 Music. Music. And you know where you're from. I see you whining and grinding up on the floor. I know you see me looking at you and you already know I want to love you. You already know I want to love you. You already know. Money in the air as Mofield. Grab you by your coattail. Take it to the hotel. Wholesale. Don't tell. Won't tell. All right. I don't talk, dog. My partner killed. Take a picture with me. What the flick gonna do? Baby, <laughs> My partner killed. Yeah. I want to love you. Pick on you. Akon, I want to love you. So Ken got twenty dollars a day. <laughs> I'm always laughing because <laughs> my partner Kim, she said she got it going. She know all the songs, so she got twenty dollars a day. And Bob McGriff, McGriff got ten dollars. All right, folks, I appreciate y'all guys today. Go back and listen to the replay. Not of this music here. I don't think it's gonna be on the replay, but listen to 
uh, I Wouldn't the Devil Replay. Uh, you can go to the podcast. Alright. And them tight And I'ma get me a shot For the end of the night The so so And baby I'll be so for life Another tease far as I can see Trying to get you up out this club If it means spinning a couple dubs Throwing about 30 stacks in the back Make it rain like that Cause I'm far from a club You know my pedigree Used to move me Girl, I spend money like it don't mean nothing And besides, I got a thing for you I see you whining Marry wanting to just give you everything. 